Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke. Go to chapter 17. Thank you, Pastor Alex and team. We deeply appreciate you and the anointing that you bring into the house. God bless you. Uh, you can be seated. You can be seated for a moment. Um, as I teach, I'm, I have the privilege of um, mentoring and teaching many people, not just, you know, the congregation, but, but leaders and my staff. And by the grace of God, I've had the opportunity to help to raise up pastors. And, uh, and we're in process doing that right now. And uh, excited about that, excited about it, the next generation of anointed leadership that God's raising up, not just here, but all around the world. How many of you know he's just doing that in an ongoing way because that's what he needs to do to bring the kingdom of God? If it was just the, you know, if it was just the senior guy and he stayed the senior guy and, and you know, 20 and 30 years go by and 40 years and 50, senior guy goes to heaven eventually. And if the baton's not passed, then, you know, you're not even going to have any anointed leadership you know, if you don't have a successor, you don't have a success. How many of you know that? All right. And so we're just seeing a whole generation rise. And I'm believing for a group of young adults and even youth to rise in a, in a tremendous anointing and unction to preach, to pray, to prophesy. I'm just telling you, if you got a song, it's time to sing it. If you got a gift, it's time to use it. I mean, I don't know when it could all roll up like a scroll and he could come back and get us, but I mean, what you waiting for? You might as well get involved, might as well get serving, might as well get involved in becoming more like Christ and get involved in leadership and just serve with all your heart. There's such a great joy. And as I've, as I've had the privilege of of mentoring and raising up others. One of the things I teach on uh, as you lead a spirit-led church. Now that, that's different than, than a seeker-friendly church. And we love seeker-friendly churches. Somebody say amen. amen. We love the body of Christ. We, 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 lo we love the outpouring in the spirit. We, we love those who don't even believe in it. It's all good. You start attacking the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, then we're going to have a problem. We're going to butt heads. We're going to have a major conflict. Not going to get in an argument over tongues. Not going to get in an argument over any of that stuff. I just want everything that God has for me. He's touched me in such a way it's too late to try to convince me it doesn't exist. So, you know, God's just done these wonderful things. Well, as, as a spirit-led as a spirit -led pastor, one of the ways, and I teach this, and I'll just teach you, because as you're leading your family, and I hope you are, sons and daughters, as you're leading your family, single moms, fathers, single fathers, married couples, as you're leading them, you will find that there will come a, um, a patterns of, uh, of sin or obstacles, particular kind of obstacles. When you see a pattern of continual things manifesting, do you know what I mean? Manifest is like this big Christian word. I mean, yeah, um, to manifest is to, to see the sun come over the horizon. It's been manifest. The, the covers are pulled off and now you can see it. So when you see obstacles and they manifest, right? Like strife. So you constantly see strife in your family. You're battling it over. Well, guess what you're probably battling? A spirit of strife. Now that can come from your flesh. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, 
a direct attack from the demonic. It can come because of your fallen human nature. We're going to talk about some of this stuff in a, in a moment. But, you know, you continue to give in to your fallen human nature, and it can definitely be energized by the demonic and can certainly become a demonic assignment of strife and so on. So you know how, which one is which. You just don't want any of the bad stuff. You want all the good stuff. You bind, you loose, you take authority, and you live for Jesus. But when you see patterns of strife, then you know you're battling against strife, whether it be in your own, your own heart or whether it be a demonically uh, empowered, you know, missile from the evil one. You know if there's a, a continual pattern of lust, that there's, that there's an assignment of lust. How, what's another one? How about anger? There's another one. Well, one of the things that I've seen recent weeks is an overwhelming amount of offense. Wow. So what do you mean by that? I'm not talking about the fence that's in front of your yard. I'm talking about offense, being offended. So Luke 17, so I'm fixing to decapitate a spirit of offense tonight. It's just an overwhelming amount. It's just coming from all different, all different areas. People asking to, for prayer. People telling me different things. I'm offended at my wife. I'm offended at, at, at my husband. I'm offended at my kids. I'm offended at my school. I'm a, I mean, over and over and over and over. I believe that we are, uh, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because some people might get offended. But I believe that we are battling... Uh, you know, we war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, rules of dark places. So there is, uh, I believe, an assignment of offense. Don't have to get worried about it. We we're going we're gonna to decapitate it right now. You ready? Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So stand up on your feet as, as our custom. Turn to Luke chapter 17. I'm going to read from the New King James because it says it just a little bit better than the NIV does, and I love the New King James. Verse 1, and we'll go through verse 5, and we do have notes for you. Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea and that he, that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day, and seven times a day he returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, what? No, they didn't say that. Increase our faith. Come on, somebody say, increase our faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for what you've already done. Move in great power tonight, Lord, across the internet. God, here in this place and those that will listen at a later time, I bind, gag, and muzzle and take authority over every assignment, distractions, Lord, off of cell phones and social media. I pray tonight, Lord, in the moments that I preach, it would burn faith in the hearts of your people and it would decapitate the assignment of offense that would hold people up from fulfilling destiny and purpose in Jesus name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. How many of you have ever been offended? Now before, wait, keep in mind that liars go to hell. How many of you have ever been offended? Okay. You get two hands up, right? Well, you know, of, of course, how many of you ever had somebody sin against you? steal stuff, lie to you, tell stories about you. How many of you had something like, yeah, yeah, and in your notes, 
You know, as I've said so many times before, if that's happened to you, welcome to the human race. We're so glad that you're a part of it. Welcome to, to, to living and breathing and being a human. That is the way it is. I, I, I used to say, but then people got offended, so I kind of stopped saying it. If you haven't been offended here at KC, you soon will be. You say, what is that? what's that about? Well, we don't want to offend you, but, but Jesus spoke words that offended. The word of God, when it comes forth, many times offends. Many times it, it says things to us that we're like, man, I don't think I like that. I'm offended. Not long ago, my wife was encouraging me. Well, it was June 6th. Uh, pardon me, June 5th. I know the date because the change took place for me June 6th. And she's saying to me on June 5th, she says, you're addicted. Now, I didn't like that. I didn't like somebody calling me an addict. I don't like that. I'm a new creation in Christ. Somebody say hallelujah. I believe in new creation. I don't believe in a disease model. I believe in the sin model. So I believe that I am a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. No matter what challenges you had in your past, if you're born again, you're in Christ, you are a new creation right? So when my wife says, you're addicted, and she starts telling me that I'm addicted to carbohydrates and sugar, I said to her, so you're calling me an addict? She said, I'm just saying, you're addicted. And so I said, I'm offended. And so I did the offended husband thing. And as I turned, before I could have a pity party, the Lord agreed now, how many of you know when you get corrected and you don't like it and you don't believe it and then the Lord says, no, no, they're right. You know, that's quite a slap. And so the Lord agreed and said, yeah, you're addicted. And then began to show me patterns in my life that were upsetting. And I cried. I cried and I thought, how in God's name can you be walking with the Lord for 23, 24 years and still have a same bondage that you had from the time that you were a small boy and yet sweep it under the rug. And you know, the Lord shows you and then all of a sudden you see over the decades or maybe just over the year how he spoke to you and then he spoke to you and then he spoke to you and then he brought a prophet and then he showed you in the word and over and over you're like, Pew! deflecting. Pew! Missed. Hey, I'm all right. I'm okay. Pew! Hey, Whoa! Right? Is it just me or you guys know what I'm talking about? Sometimes God's trying to get to us and we're like, uh, I don't think that he's talking to you. Is he talking to you? Because I'm not sure if he's talking to me. It was kind of like that. But it became so painfully clear and it made me mad. And so my offense, the, the off I got offended, but it made me mad and I was confronted and it brought change and it changed my life. God wants to offend you where you need to be offended. But then there are people who were born, and when they came out their mama, they were offending everybody, and they still do. How many of you know that's not the kind of offense that, that I'm talking about when the Lord offends you? Come on, let's look at this. Jesus warns us. People will offend you. People are going to offend us. It's going to happen. You are going to have people that come and offend you. And I've taught this before, but the word offense. Now, in, in the... In the NIV, it doesn't call it offense. It says sin, I believe. It's a poor translation really here specifically because the word in the Greek is scandalon. Now, a scandalon is a 
unique device. It's a Greek word. And how many of you ever gone trapping? Any trappers out there? I know Dr. David runs a trap line or used to. Maybe some of you did. I don't know. When I was a kid, I, I wasn't really uh, a trapper, but I certainly had my, my share of trying to trap stuff. And I don't know, I probably saw it on a cartoon, you know, you get a, an apple crate or something and you put a stick on the apple crate and you put a, sting on the, a string on the stick and then you, you back away and then you wait for the, the squirrel or the rabbit or something to get in there to get some of the stuff and then you pull the stick and then the box falls, you know what I'm talking about? The scandal on is the stick. That's the actual definition of offense. So think about that. Offense or scandal on is a trap. It's in, it brings you into a trap. It's, it's, it's the trigger that brings a trap on you. If you stay offended in your life, you will be suspended from fulfilling your destiny and purpose. If you stay, stay offended in your life, you will derail and abort the plan of God. If you stay offended, I don't care who did it to you. You're going to have to get over it. You're going to have to get through it. You're going to have to get healed. And if it's the Lord speaking to you and offending you, you're going to have to repent and get your mind right. If it's your wife speaking to you and she's right, just come on, submit. Dude, your husband, your kids, I've been offended by my children. Don't ask you to raise your hand. I'm not talking about offense where they didn't obey. I'm talking about offense and that they said something to me that was dead on right. And the Lord's using them to correct me out of the mouths of babes. He's ordained his praise. But people will offend. And it's literally, offense is literally a tool of entrapment. People are fallen. It's one reason that people offend is because we're all, we're all fallen. Now, hopefully you're not operating out of your fallen human nature. Hopefully you're operating out of the spirit. Galatians talks about that. You don't want to operate from your sin nature. You want to operate from the spirit, right? You want to live out of your spirit. You don't want to live out of your flesh. But people are fallen. And you, you never have to teach kids to disobey. They do it automatically. You don't have to teach kids not to share. Why? Because they do it automatically. Why? Because they have a fallen human nature. You can blame Adam if you want to. But the truth is that all of us have a fallen human nature that we have, to, we have to receive the nature of Christ and we have to put to death the works of our flesh. We have to put down our flesh every day, make no provision for the flesh thereof, and put on the Lord Jesus Christ and be created in newness of, of Him. Amen? So offense comes because, of fallen, because we're fallen, but also we live in a fallen world. Each of us live in a world where there is evil. And I'm going to talk about that. It's number three, Satan. Satan's real, and he'll use people to offend us. And somebody say, you know that's right. Yeah, it is. But we live in a fallen human, a fallen world full of, full of fallen people, and offenses come because of a fallen world also. Accidents happen. Aren't you glad in heaven there's no trees that are going to fall on your foot or anything like that? There's no accidents in heaven. There's no more injuries in heaven. All of those things happen because of a fallen world. Satan is real. Come on, say Satan is real. Satan is real. You should put a, I, I generally put a small S when I'm type Satan. I, I disregard all, uh, all grammar and I don't capitalize his name because he's not worthy to be capitalized. I'm just saying. So Satan is real. He'll use people. He'll use enemy. He'll use people like a scandal on. He'll use them to offend you. I've seen it in church. Maybe you have. It's too hot in here. It's, it's too hot. It's too cold. Uh, the, the, the chairs are not, not firm enough. The chairs are too firm. Um, uh, it's too loud. It's too soft. 
Uh, I've heard all kinds of reasons that people have gotten offended. We've had people leave the church because an usher asked them to take their hat off. We've actually had it make announcements, you know, not so much now, but, but especially 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, my dad taught me when you come in, you take your hat off. Please don't take your hat off. If you're wearing a hat, you want to wear a hat, God bless you. It's all good. All right, be blessed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just saying in my family, you, didn't, you took your hat off when you went into a building. When, you, when the national anthem, forget about taking a knee, you put your hand over your heart and you definitely take your hat off and you, and you say and sing the whole thing. You know, right next to my Marine dad and, and my, my lovely mama and the family all the way there. You just, you're not sitting down. You know, that's what you do. That's how I was raised. So I, I, when I go, I've tried to wear a hat on the inside, inside buildings, but there's something I just feel like. And so I've allowed myself to get over that. But it's what's interesting to me is once the power and the presence of God or somebody starts praying, my hat comes off. I can't help it. Okay, so we've had, there was a rule way back when where we weren't allowed to wear hats in the sanctuary. And we had a, a, a surf movie as an outreach playing years ago. And, and as that movie was playing, it was in the Hawaiian Islands. There isn't too much surfing in Alaska, but there is some. The board tides mean four or five foot swell that goes through the, that, that arm right there, the board tide. Any surfers out there? Just me? Okay. So... <laughs> Minister Gill, did you raise your hand? Okay, praise the Lord. And so the ushers were, were, were feverishly trying to get all these people that didn't know anything about church, they're just surfers, they're all coming in, they're all wearing caps and hats and snapbacks and all that, trying to, can you take your hat off, sir? Can you take your hat off? And we, and we just had people like, man, their hair was jacked up, and so they didn't want to take their hat off, and so it was embarrassing to, to wear the hat, and they're like, no, I don't want to take my hat off. Well, you can't wear your hat in here. They're like, all right, you know, later. And we lost 50 and 60 people because you had to take your hat off back all those years ago. They were offended. They were offended. Offense. Come on, somebody say offense. I've seen people get so offended and I know that the devil's behind it. He, he, he works it in such a way to, to, to get you to quit the church or quit your ministry or, or, or quit your family. I, I've seen marriages offended and the enemy just start grinding salt and squeezing lemon in the wound because of the, the offense. And before you know it, it comes a distortion. And before you know it, they've thrown in the towel and destroyed a whole section of their life. I've seen the devil behind stuff like that. You say, well, you don't know what they did to me. No, no, I, I, I don't. And I know that there's some things that are absolutely horrible, unspeakable. And I think Jesus is actually even talking about that. I think he's talking about sexual offense, too, with children and molestation. I think he's speaking to that in this text. Well, woe to the person who offends or sins against another person. For whatever reason... There's people that seem to be very insensitive to offending and hurting other people. And uh, I certainly have, <laughs> I've certainly have fit in that category, being so self-centered that I didn't really see what was going on. Many years ago, I came into the church and um, I was very focused. I was going to be preaching. I mean, right, right, right before I preach, I'm, I'm not good for, for much. I'm, I'm very focused about what I'm about to do and trying to stay in the spirit. And, and so I, I, sometimes I'm walking through here with my head down. And this was one of those cases where I walked in and I was just had a lot on my mind. And a, a lady pulled me aside. She said, I need to talk to you, Pastor. Can I talk to you right now? I said, uh, I wanted to say no, but I can tell <laughs> that she really needed to talk to me. So I said, well, sure. She said, don't you love me, Pastor? I said, well, yeah. She said, then why don't you ever say hi to me? 
And I thought, oh, God, my wife's told me about this. She said, well, you know, I see you come through the sanctuary, and it seems like you say hi to people, but you don't say hi to me. Do you, do you, want, you not want me to come to your church? I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, many times I'm so selfish and focused on my whole world that I don't see. And I said, no, 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 we, we, we love you. I love you. It's all right. Would you please forgive me? She said, yeah, I forgive you. Can you say hi to me from now on? I said, yeah. We're still saying hi. You know what's beautiful about that? She had the, the gumption to confront me. And in confronting me, I began to realize that I had things inside of me that were offending people. And, and the offense was hurting people. And I, and I don't... Don't give, come on, don't amen too loud. If I didn't say hi to you, I'm so sorry. My heart is to greet you. I'm so thankful for all that you do. I do my very best to try to get around and shake hands and greet and meet. I lo- we love you and pray for you every single day. And, and so, it, you know, sometimes we just miss. And my wife has to help me. And sometimes I have to help her. Because we can just get, how about if you don't, you know I'm talking about you too. You get so, so focused on what you're doing that you can't see the forest from the trees. I was grateful that I got rebuked, basically corrected, because what would happen if she thought that, that I didn't love her? Then maybe, then maybe she would leave, or maybe she would think, you know, that's, that pastor, maybe all pastors are like that. And then maybe she wouldn't go to church, or maybe, maybe she wouldn't grow into things of God. That didn't happen because it got resolved. But offenses can really, really mess yourself. You could really mess yourself up. You really can. Take watch or, or, or heed to oneself. Ask yourself this question. Are you a perpetrator of the offense? Do you offend people? Long time ago, everybody say long time ago, <laughs> long time ago, we had a person, they've gone on to be with the Lord now, but we had a person in part of our church and they were, you know, they were like kind of distraught in a way because they had no friends. They had no friends. That nobody wanted to spend any time with them. They, they became a leader, but they, they, they couldn't get anybody in their small group. They, couldn't, they, they just couldn't cultivate any friends except for really a few very Christ-like people. What do you mean by that? It's just mean. Mean, rude, angry, and bitter. And so mean, rude, angry, bitter people offend other people. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't choose to hang out with mean, rude, bitter, and angry people. That's not my first choice of who I want to have fellowship with. I'll minister to them, and I'll retreat. I'll take a couple shots, try to get healing, try to help them, and retreat. Come on, I got some boundaries. How many of you know that it's probably a bad idea to have mean, rude, angry, bitter people really close to your heart? Why? Because they're going to gut you like a fish on a regular basis. Why? Because that's what, they, that's what mean, rude, angry, bitter, strife-filled people do. And maybe the, maybe the enemy's using them, but I, I've known people that are just like that, and they can't see it. So in this case, I was called aside, and she wanted to know why she didn't have any friends. So, you know, I just thought, man, if I tell this person really what the truth is, probably never going to talk to me again. And I thought, well, who else is going to have the guts to tell her the truth? Thank God that people are willing to tell the like, come on, to tell you the truth. You know, the truth hurts. Many times the truth hurts. 
And so I explained to the person, I said, listen, um, you know I care for you, right? Yes, I, I affirmed. It, it's the sandwich method. It's love and honor and build up. And you slap them right here. And then you love, honor, and build up. You, you do what Paul, the apostle Paul did it in his letters. He, he'd greet them. Hi, wonderful greetings in the name of the Lord. What in God's name are you doing? What are you doing? Have you, st- you started in the spirit? You're going to finish in the flesh? What do you, what do you, what do you think you're doing? Now oh, it's going to be good. It's all going to work together. Hey, hallelujah. It's the sandwich. So I begin to sandwich her. Should you begin to build up, you know, say some nice things? I said, now here's why you don't have any friends. Mostly you're angry. That's what I, I am not. I said, okay. It's my experience that mostly you're angry. And you know, people that are filled with anger and bitterness, and they can't even hear what you're saying. We, we, we have a, a wonderful technique that might help you. So if, if I say, you know, your hair looks wonderful tonight, then I would say to the person I'm talking to, I think might have an understanding, you know, going through the filter, I would ask them, what, what did I just say? So your hair looks wonderful tonight. What did I just say? Your hair looks wonderful tonight. Exactly. So if you say something, something to somebody and they begin to shift words, you, you hate me and you don't like me. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said that you're angry most of the time. What did I say? You don't like me. No, I didn't say that. I said, let's write it down. You're angry most of the time. So we get to, let's read it now. I'm angry most of the time. That's my experience. Pastor Daniel's experience is that you're angry most of the time. So we're able to get through that and process and work through things. And I'm able to communicate. I'd love to tell you that she just snapped right out of it and had every friend in the church and just went on to do great things. She did go on to do great things and was able to overcome and, and was able to get sweet. Uh, you know, I, I was raised in New York. Anybody know anything about New York? Okay, East Coasters can be kind of gruff. I spent a lot of time in the islands, and I had a really sweet mother, and as a result, I'm, I'm mostly sweet. So at least I'm told. Mostly. But I've got times where, like, when I get in a real business mode or real intensity, I'll just be like, <coughs> full East Coast, just pull out the gun and shoot you straight. And it's, some people appreciate it, some don't appreciate it so much. This was one of those people that just said things that you shouldn't say. And, 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 and talking with him, instead of her getting really upset and offended, she wept and we were able to pray for her. She went on to be with the Lord, but the truth is she wasn't able to really overcome many of those things. And it's because of what she went through in her childhood. And it's because she just didn't work at it, maybe. I'm, I don't know. I don't know all the reasons. I'm just telling you there's people that can be perpetrators and constantly an offense. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You say, well, he's not talking about me. Come on, tell your neighbor. He's talking about somebody else, but this is good. I, I'm, I know somebody like that. Yeah, tell your other person. I, I know someone like that. <laughs> you know, this is not in your notes, but there are folks that are on onion skin people. You know what onion skin is? It's really thin. It's, it's one molecule thin. And when I was in biology class, we did little strips of onion skin, and we would look at it under a microscope, and you can see the cell wall, one layer 
one, one, one cell thick all the way through one layer of onion skin. Onion skin people, you bump them, they're bruised and offended. I mean, you look at them the wrong way, they knew you were looking at it, but you were looking at, the, you were looking at something across the street and they knew, that I saw the way you looked at me. I saw, because they have a spirit of rejection and, and a spirit of offense, it's just resting on them. I mean, anything offends them. They're driving, do you see how he cut me off? What are you talking about? He's avoiding a pothole. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, you can get healed from that stuff. Or ask yourself this question. So are you a perpetrator of offense? Do you bring offense to people? Number two, has your spiritual life been affected by offense? So examine your walk with the Lord and see if you're not doing something because you're offended. So that, that would never happen. Okay, another illustration. You guys like stories, so I'll give you another one. Years ago on the island of Kauai, I remember I'm prophesying over a man in LALA many, many years ago. I think he's going on to be with the Lord, so the story's safe. And I saw them being part, I saw them becoming a leader, and I saw them being elevated, and I saw them being actually on the board. I saw God using them in this amazing way in the church. And after I gave the word and service was over, I checked with them, which I do from time to time. Did that word minister to you? And uh, he said, well, yes and no. I said, okay. He said, uh, it, was a, it was a word from the Lord. I know it was. Uh, but uh, that's never going to happen here. I said, what's never going to happen? He said, I'm never going to be on a board again. I will never, ever be on a board again. I will never be a formal member of a church again. I will never be on a leadership team again in a church ever. Do you understand, son? And he was much older than I was. And he looked down his nose at me through his spectacles and said, never. Do you understand, son? I said, I hear what you're saying. I said, are you sure that's God? He said, yeah. And I didn't have the maturity and level of unction and authority I have now. I'd have corrected him and helped him lovingly, but I just let him go. The truth is that he was offended. I got to hear the story later. He got so wounded in a church, so hurt by pastors and leaders and was on a board and was thrown off and all kinds of nonsense happened that he will never give himself to leadership, never become part of a church again. And he only comes occasionally because he wants to. How many of you know that's somebody that's offended and suspended? You know... If you examine your walk with the Lord and you find that you're not doing the thing that he called you to or you're wanting to quit or you're wanting to go backwards, it's because potentially of offense. Is it because of offense? And where did offense come from? In his case, well, I wasn't able to help him, but it came from a pastor. You know, the, the sad thing, you know what's sad about it is it was 20-something years before that. 20 years holding on to this bitterness and this pain. When he, when, come on, he should have gotten free. You don't have to be offended anymore. You can be free. What to do if you've been offended? Well, you do what that lady did to me the, many years ago. You confront. You what? You confront. It's good to confront. Listen, if you don't confront stuff in your home, in your family, in your business, in your church, in the community, you're going to have the devil running everything. I love confrontation. I've become a, I just, it's one of my specialties. The truth is I really don't like the confrontation. I mean, I enjoy the fruit of confrontation. The reason I run to it, I rush at it. Like if, I, if, there's, if there's something that needs to be dealt with, I'm instantly moving right at that thing as quickly as I can. Why? Because I cannot tolerate the results of not being direct and honest. Uh, listen, if I have a problem with somebody, you don't have to worry about that. We won't wait a whole lot of weeks. Ain't a whole bunch of weeks going by. 
And I'll pray through something, make sure it's not my own brokenness. But, but I'm, we'll be talking before the next church service. Yeah, and I, I teach all of my leaders to do that. Listen, don't have a long list. Have, a, have no list. Come on, Jesus said that you got to forgive people. And you know, many times through confrontation, you realize that actually you were the one that had the issue and there was nothing going on on their side, but it was an unhealed place on the inside of you. Don't, I am preaching way better than you guys are amening this, this evening. Come on, offense. Watch out. You got to deal with offense. Handling offense is crucial to your walk. It really is. And Jesus talks about it. Humble them. He says, if your brother sins, go and rebuke him. Wow. It's kind of amazing. I offend my wife. I offended her today. uh, Through my driving. I'm just going to tell you that I love driving. I mean... It is a joy for me to drive. If there's never an opportunity to drive, I want to drive. And I'll drive a long time, and I just like it. I like driving all kinds of cars and trucks and heavy equipment. I like driving everything. I like shifting gears. I'm I'm kind of a gearhead like that. I I like driving stuff, right? So if anybody said, anybody want to drive? Yes. And I feel like, in my mind, that maybe I might have a gift to be able to drive. You know, some people don't have a gift to drive. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. And so I'm teaching my kids and all that. Now, it just so happens as we cross into winter, every year we cross into winter, you know, it's just a little fun to put my one-ton truck and do a little bit of a power drift. Controlled, controlled. Not out of control, just a little, Anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one? You know what? You guys are looking at me like, a, like, a, like the uptight church. When I first got here, everybody was so uptight. I mandated them. I said, listen, if you're comfortable with it, y'all need to do donuts in the parking lot because if you get any more uptight, I don't know what's going to happen. He's just like, did he just say to do donuts? I said, yes, don't hit the trees, shrubs, lights, get plenty of room. And if it's a front wheel drive car, you do it in reverse. Amen. You just do it in reverse. You just feel the Brody. You just get free in God's name. And pray in tongues while you be loosed. Hallelujah. And actually, the following Sunday, we took a survey. And there was about seven or eight people. Of course, the church was about 20 or 30 back then. But about seven or eight people that, that lifted their hands. And I said, who did it? Who did it, Brody? And they're like, you feel better, don't you? And like, yeah. And we started having a revival soon after. So, you know, I would just kind of give it a little gas and my 6.7 chipped straight pipe turbo diesel. It's just like it. I like the power and everything. My wife hates it. Now, I got to tell you, I don't plan on doing it. It's not like, I'm going to get in my truck. Sometimes I do, but, but not when she's with me because I know that's purposely going to cause her to get adrenaline squirts is what she calls it. I know that. So I'm not purposely planning, oh... Let me, whoa, why, why we, you know, I'm not thinking, oh boy, here I go. But usually we get in the truck and we're driving and we're going somewhere. And it's kind of like I get to the, a place where it's a good place to kind of do it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, whoa. And she's, she's learning now. So now as we, as we come to the, these moments of potential power drifting, and she knows I'm not planning it, but she says, don't do it. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't power drift. Because it just happens. I mean, you know, it's just kind of like, I offended her today in some of my driving and I got corrected 
I was looking at my phone. Oh, oh, what? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, you know you're looking at your phone, too. No, not me. That's sin. I don't look at my phone when I drive. Uh-huh. And there's been times where she's corrected me and uh, saved me from getting in a car crash. Oh, my. It's good to be confronted. I'm thankful my wife confronts me. I'm thankful she called me an addict, addicted, because it helped me. It helped me get control of my nutrition and put that inner sugar bug down and lose 60 pounds. I needed to do it. My doctor told me I needed to do it. I had high blood pressure, and I've made a deal with the Lord. I'm not going on medication. I will not go on medication if it's within my power to change my life. I will not do it. And so I got to that place where it's like long time. Should have been on medication maybe a year ago. <laughs> I was like, it's going to get better. 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 I'm just talking about myself. I'm not putting anything on you. I'm talking about me. And so I got corrected by my wife, corrected by my doctor, corrected by the Lord. And somehow because of con- confrontation, I wasn't offending my own temple. I want to report to you that all my blood pressure is perfect. My pulse is under 50. I'm in the best shape of my life, just about. That's a miracle. All glory to God. So confront. Everybody say confront. Confront. And when somebody comes to confront you, don't decapitate them. Listen. Be loving. Be kind. Listen to what they have to say. Amen. B, forgive. Everybody say forgive. forgive. You know, Jesus came, fully God, fully man, took your sin and mine, died on a cross and rose again from the grave so that you could be forgiven. So it's quite a thing to not forgive somebody. I hate to pick on Kawhi, but many years ago, we were asked to um, put signs up, political signs in front of the church and to hold signs and do all kinds of stuff. And I believe in the political process, and I think we should get involved in politics. Uh, at that time, I was more sensitive to the 501c3 uh, laws and code and regulation. The church, according to the 501c3 and the Johnson Amendment that needs to be amended, uh, that churches can't you know, be involved in politics. I pretty well threw that out in the last election because I just thought, my God, we need help. And this seems like the logical biblical answer. And so I was very uh, upfront, and I will be the same. I'm happy to get political anytime the Lord pulls me to. I just don't want to polarize anybody. You understand? I don't want to say things so that then shut people down from hearing the gospel. I never want to do that. And I did that in the last election, election cycle, but I felt, I felt a burning fire on the inside of me to do it. And, uh, and so in this case, uh, with the, the person who was running for office, we, I said, we can't do that because of the Johnson Amendment and the, and the 501c3. And, and they said, you're not going to hold signs and you're not going to put. I said, no. And he said, okay. Never spoke to me again. Never shook my hand again. Kept going to my church for years. Would, would not shake my hand. I mean, literally, I'd come, I'd put my hand out. No, they wouldn't do it. How I many know he's offended? He had to forgive me, and um, I asked for his forgiveness, and 
And I think it was uh, about 12 years later. Is that right? Nine years. About nine years later, um, we shook hands and he was able to forgive me. I'm just saying, that is stubborn. That is stubborn and hard-hearted. And I'm going to tell you that the blessing of God did not flow in their life. Not because I'm some pastor or whatever. It's just unforgiveness. You have unforgiveness in your heart. And you're not willing to deal with it. And you hold on to that thing. Then you will not walk in the full blessings of God. You won't. Are you cursing me? Now the word does it for you. The word says it. If you, if you can't forgive people, you hypocrite. How, how, how can you be forgiven of all the nonsense that you did and, and stuff that nobody even knows about you're forgiven of because you've repented, but then you can't forgive somebody for the, nest, the, the, the foolishness maybe that they did? Are you rebuking me? Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, rebuking you. You need to let it go. You need to forgive. Everybody say forgive. Instead of going and talking maybe with all kinds of people. I've known people that are not willing to confront, not willing to forgive. But then they'll talk to the whole Facebook world about it all. And, and then slander people and hurt people and, 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 and really bring lots of harm. I've known that. You know, there are instances when things have happened to you that you're offended at that you can't confront. Like, for instance, if you're a child and things happen in your home that are unspeakable. And you, 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 you need to confront that. Yeah, you need to get help, sweetheart, young man, sir. You need to get help. You need to talk to somebody. If you had things that happen in your life that you just can't confront, but you know it needs to be confronted, go ahead and get some help. Not as a gossip, but as bringing somebody alongside so that you can process stuff and so that you can really deal with things. And listen, sometimes you need the law involved. And we say, well, we're Christians. We should never sue anybody. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding, Are you kidding me right now? Are you talking to me right now? Are you talking to me? You should never sue anybody? No, 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 no. Let's just get this straight. Let's just get this really straight, Okay. There are times when you should sue somebody so hard and so thick and so vast that they never come out of it. You know why? I don't mean never come out of it, go to hell. May they repent and find their name written in the Lamb's book of life in the end. I mean there's times where you should bring the thunder of the authority of the full government and the full weight of the law upon somebody. Why? So they never do it to another person ever again and you do it with the love of God. You're going to go to jail for the rest of your life so you never touch another child. Amen. Hello? There are times when you should sue. There are times, come on, there are, there are people out there. I was going to say shysters, but that might not be such a good word. It's Yiddish. It's a strong word. It's, a, it's somebody who's a taker, a schnorr. It's another Yiddish word. Somebody's constantly ripping people off, taking their money. They should be drilled to the wall and pay back every cent with interest so that they don't do it to somebody else. But, you know, you still, while you're drilling to the wall, you still need to keep your heart right. Come on, somebody say, drill them to the wall. Sue them radically up one side and down the other. All for the glory of God. Amen? Come on, say hallelujah. All right, God's speaking to us. Commit yourself to live above offense. Commit yourself to live above offense. I'm, I'm almost done. Worship team, would you come, please? Uh, just Pastor Alex. No, no hold. Just, just Pastor Alex. Worship team, you can stay in the anointed seats. Commit yourself to live above offense. That is what the Lord asks us to do. You're to be kind and forgiving. 
I couldn't help but think about Mark 6. In Mark 6, Jesus comes to his hometown, verse 1, and, and his disciples are following him. Sabbath comes. He begins to teach in the synagogue, and he, he, he begins to heal people. And in this, in this place, in his hometown, he's not received. It says they, took, they were amazed at the grace that came from his lips and the miracles that he did. But they were offended at him. They said, isn't this Jesus? Isn't this Mary, his mother, and his brother and sisters? Isn't this little, isn't this little Jesus? Spanish. Isn't this Yeshua? Little Yeshua. So pretty common name, really. This Jesus. We changed you. We changed his shorts. Do you remember that? I remember when I remember when we changed your diaper, helped your mother that one time when you had that stomach flu. Who do you think you are? They were offended. And because they couldn't receive Jesus as the Son of God, the kingdom of God was not established there. It was established in Capernaum where they received him. And many miracles, it says many miracles he could not do because they were offended at him. There was an offense, a perception about Jesus that shut down the anointing. If you, if you get offended and you stay offended, you're going to shut down the power of God in your life. If you lose respect for me, you've got to find another church. Really, I'd encourage you to talk with me first so that we can work it out. Maybe it's a misunderstanding. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Never, I live my life out loud, out front. You know, dotting every I, crossing every T as best as I can. When I stumble and fall, or don't say what I mean by stumble and fall. I mean do Brodies when I shouldn't or, you know, didn't put my seatbelt on. I don't have any known sin. I don't have any known sin. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. Let's see if I need to repent to my wife. Just in case. I repent. Pastor Karen's online. You need to, you need to live with your life pure and holy. But if you get offended by, you, you, you stay offended by somebody, they're no longer to be able to minister to you, no longer to be able to teach you. If your kids have an offended spirit towards you as a parent, you've got to heal that because it's very hard for them to, to get healed. Some of you grew up with offense and you just kept it. And, and you had good reason to be offended, but you got to process that. Commit yourself to pray. Commit yourself to what? Commit yourself to pray. I've found when I pray that God reveals things I don't even know were there. I prayed, for, I prayed for a number of hours in the middle of the night last night, which is not, not my favorite. Uh, but I love what happens out of that. I had tremendous miracles today. It's not my favorite. But when I'm praying, God begins to speak to me. What about this, son? What about that? And what about this? You need to pray for this right now. And I'm, and I'm on this labored, I wouldn't call it quite travail, but a labored prayer time. And God begins to talk to me about things, begins to show me things, begins to warn me about certain things. And, you know, it's like I'm on this sort of journey as the Lord leads me. And many times it's in those moments that he says, yeah, you need to change this because that's not right. You're hurting people. That's not good. You need to change that. He showed me, he showed me something. And I just repented. It's just between me and Jesus. I don't even think anybody knows. It's just a subtle, little subtle thing. If you pray, you commit yourself to pray. Come on, listen, if you're able to get in these morning times of prayer, come on, get in them. Because they'll change your life. We've had powerful times in the morning. If you can't, then, then have your own time, right? Okay, three. Commit yourself to be reconciled to others. Commit yourself to be reconciled to others. 
If you're angry or you're upset or you're offended at people, commit yourself to be reconciled. Why? So that you don't set up a base camp for the devil to, 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 to scale your life and take you down. Where'd you get that from? Ephesians chapter 4. Quickly turn there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. In your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a topos. Anybody know what a topo map is? You know what a topo map is? It's those maps that show elevations. That's the word right there in the Greek. Don't give them a topos, a foothold. The devil wants to scale your life and get into your castle and rob, steal, kill, and destroy. And if you stay angry, you stay bitter, you stay offended, then you've just welcomed him into your house. And if you get lumped up, don't be blaming anybody else. Don't stay angry. I heard, I heard a couple who were telling me, no, we, we, we don't go to bed angry ever. I said, Really? Yeah, when we go to sleep, we forgive each other, then we pick the fight back up in the morning. <laughs> I forgive you. You wake up, ah! I don't know if you've noticed, but you go to bed angry, you wake up, it's worse. Yeah, because the devil just working on you. I had a supernatural experience, and I watched all four walls of my house in Kula, little red house I lived in, so angry. I'm on the couch. Of course, I'm on the couch. I don't know how that works, but I'm on the couch. And I'm on the couch, and I'm like, man, I'm always the one that has to forgive. I'm always the one that's got to repent. What the heck? You know, really? I mean, why am I got to be? I got to be the one. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm not, not tonight. Tonight? No. I'm doing the couch. So... I start going to sleep and I have an open vision of all four walls of my house opening like a garage door, all of them. And I see demons all around my house. They're like, oh, awesome. And they just start coming. I thought, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I repent. Oh God, I repent. And the walls come back down and I slept in my bed and repented that night. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Lastly, be open to have God reveal shortcomings in your life and repent. If you're mean and you're ugly and you're bitter and you're nasty, be open to letting God show you that. So you stop. My mom taught me good hygiene. But I forgot it during my 20s. And so I would offend people with the incredible amount of plaque and, and many-day-old food stuck in the crevices of my teeth and gums. I mean, I had like gingivitis at gingivitis. I mean, but when I went to the, 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 when I got a chance to go to the dentist, they're like, do you brush your teeth? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. You, you're going you're gonna to have teeth problems all your life. You got to brush your teeth. So I was offended at the dentist. And then I was offended at the guy that told me, listen, um, dude, you know, man, I see your heart for God. I'm picking on you tonight. Isn't that all right? See your heart for God and stuff, but bro. You gotta wear deodorant, man. Oh yeah, my mom told me about that. I was offending people, everybody, by my stink and my teeth. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Is this ministering to you, Pastor Alex? <laughs> I had to repent. Listen, 
Look, let the Holy Spirit show you things in your life that you might be perpetrating upon others. Forgive people. Let them show you. Let them speak to you. And if you have places of unforgiveness or offense, I'd highly advise you to get over it. And God will many times offend the mind to reveal your heart. So if you're offended in your mind, like if you're mad at me right now, I'm not the problem. It's you. I've had people get offended when we take offerings. Guess what? We're not the problem. It's your problem with money. Come on, we need to live above offense. How are you handling offense? Come on, stand up on your, on your feet. Service is just about over. Offense, if you stay offended, you let the devil right into your life. Got to confront, got to repent, got to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, have a life of prayer. Did you get something? Real good pastoral word. Let me pray a specific way. In the name that's above every other name, I command the assignment of the enemy over God's people tonight to be cut off, to be severed, and to be broken, even a spirit of offense. I command you to loose your hold from God's people. I break your hold by the power of the name of Jesus. Command you to go now off of every home off of this house off of every ministry and I pray God now fill and flood each and of us with a heart for reconciliation and peace and joy Lord fill and flood each and every one heal the wounded places where they were offended maybe by their dad so many years ago or their mother or a pastor or a leader or, or the government Release your healing right now. You know, if that's you, just a, a few more moments and we're done. If that's you, you're like, man, this message is for me. I want you to get out from where you are and you need healing. You know you need healing. Come to the front. We're going to pray for you. Come on, just come right now if that's you. Holy Spirit, release your power right now. Oh, God, thank you. Release your healing touch. Pour in like the balm of Gilead. Heal the brokenhearted. Heal the memory. Come on, some of you just need to forgive whoever offended you or whatever the offense is. God, forgive them. Come on, forgive them. Jesus died for that too. Lord, we let it go. We let it go. Come on, say, I let it go. Forgiveness has nothing to do with feelings. Please listen. Forgiveness has nothing to do with feelings. I'm sure Jesus didn't say, oh, I can't wait to get crucified. I'm sure he didn't feel like being crucified for your sin and mine, but he did for you. If Jesus did it for you, how many, I think you could do it for somebody else. I think you could just forgive him. Come on. Come on, make a declaration of forgiveness right now. I forgive and then fill in the blank, whoever it is that offended. I forgive. Boom. Let it go. Let it go. Be healed. Be free. Be free. Be healed right now in Jesus' name. Be loosed from offense. No longer suspended, but free, unencumbered. For those of you that have, you have a challenge not offending people, the Spirit of God brought this to mind just now. 
He said it would be worse. It's worse to be somebody that constantly offends than to have a violent death. That's what he's saying. It'd, it'd, it'd be worse for you. It'd be better for you to have a millstone around your neck and have some violent death than to be somebody that offends one of these little ones. And you know what he's talking about? He's talking about judgment. He's talking about being dealt with at the end of the age. I mean, that's kind of heavy. And even though they might not have been caught, might not have been busted, might not have been brought to justice, oh no, there's a greater court, a higher court, and a court, and another judge that stands over it all to bring it to, to bring justice in the end. So you don't you worry about it. You let it go. It's his, his, his to avenge. Mine to avenge, says the Lord. Father, thank you. Now touch and heal and bless your people. Help us not to be if people that offend show us different things in our lives that might be wounding or hurting others. Lord, help us to live above offense. We would not be offended at, at anybody, including you. We wouldn't be offended at you and why you do things, how you do things, when you do things, your timing. Lord, we're not going to be offended at what you do and what you don't do. We trust you. We trust your leadership. God, we're the clay. You're the potter. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Keep us a people. Help us to be a people of prayer, a people of confrontation, loving. You who are spiritual, restore such a one that we'd be loving and kind and gracious. Oh, Lord. Thank you. We'd be people of reconciliation and repentance. We thank and praise you for it. Offense, you have no hold here. Your power is broken by the power of the name of Jesus. We thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, we want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or in recommitment. If that's you, you want to be included in this prayer, would you raise your hand? Do you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time or recommit to him? God bless you. Would you pray this with us right out loud? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen.